Welcome to the Gateway Church Podcast. We're so glad that you're here. We pray God speaks to you through this message and through His Word today. For more information about our church, please visit us at gatewaylife.com. Now let's tune in to this week's message. you got a Bible, I want you to turn to two spots. Open up to Deuteronomy 5, put a marker in Exodus 16. This weekend, we're in between series, so we'll start our series on your home next weekend. That's going to be a lot of fun. We just wrapped up our Real Jesus series. This message could kind of, I guess, technically connect to the last series, but because of the burden I felt uh, this week, preparing for the weekend was so strong, we're just going to make this a standalone message, what I call an off-topic message. And here's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about, uh, I don't want to burst your bubble, but I've had someone following you for a while. Uh, I mean, like, tracking your every step. And I've been made aware of a problem we have. And many of us in this church, we got a lot of get after it kind of people here. And that's awesome. Uh, But there's one of the Ten Commandments that you are royally screwing up right now. No, it is not, thou shalt not murder. Okay, so relax. Not that kind of place, all right? It's commandment number four. Observe the Sabbath and keep it holy. We got some workaholics up in here. And don't get me wrong, I'd rather have that than the opposite. But I just kind of sensed that some of us have gone way too far in this area and we're out of balance. And things are right now a little bit harder than they're supposed to be because your tank is more empty than you think it is. And the reason it's empty quite possibly is because you're neglecting a very important day of your week that God created your life to, to have as a part of its rhythm every seven days. It's the Sabbath. Now, I should probably preach on this more than once a year because it's something that God commands of us every week. The title of this message is The Holy Day Life. The Holy Day Life. Now, I fully understand this is not the only holy day. I did in our series, Real Jesus, I did an entire message on the holy days. So I fully understand this is not the only holy day. But here's what I would say. One of my friends says it like this. The Sabbath is the most holy day of the year, and it happens every seven days. But many of us don't hold the Sabbath as the most holy day of the year. It's just another one of the days. I want to read you in Deuteronomy chapter 5. I want to read you four verses here that are very important if we're going to understand the Sabbath. Starting in verse 12, it says this, Observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy, as the Lord your God has commanded you. You have six days each week for your ordinary work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath day of rest dedicated to the Lord your God. On that day, no one in your household may do any work. This includes you, your sons and daughters, your male and female servants, your oxen, donkeys, and other livestock, and any foreigners living among you. 
all your female and male servants must rest as you do. Remember that you were once slaves in Egypt, but the Lord your God brought you out with a strong hand and powerful arm. That is why the Lord your God has commanded you to rest on the Sabbath day. Okay, we're going to walk through four different things that we just saw in these four verses that will help all of us to live the holy day life, to live life with a divine rhythm the way God created us to live. First thing, if you're going to live the holy day life, point number one, keep the day holy. Keep the day holy. Isn't it interesting that scripture says, observe the Sabbath and keep it holy. Not just, hey, Preston, this is something I want you to do. If that's all God wanted, he would just say, hey, observe the Sabbath. But it's not just that. So many times where scripture talks about the Sabbath and God goes on record about the Sabbath, he says, observe it and keep it holy. Now, here's the problem. Many of us don't understand what the word holy means. If we're to be honest, many of us think the word holy means perfect. When God says, be ye holy as I am holy, we really think what he's saying is, be ye perfect the way I am perfect. How many of you know you are not perfect? Put your hand up. Okay, hold it up high. Look around. Anyone with their hand not up right now, stare at them with eyes of judgment. <laughs> it's a lie. It's a lie. Okay, the word holy, it, God isn't saying be perfect the way I'm perfect. The word holy means altogether separate. Another way to say it, to remove something from the sphere of the normal or common. To make the Sabbath day holy means to set it apart for a specific purpose. So the, the set it apart is uh, observe it, but for a specific purpose. And that's what we're going to spend much of our time talking about today because there's just so much misunderstanding about the Sabbath. Now, you might be thinking, okay, Preston, why should I observe the Sabbath and keep it holy? It's a great question. I'm going to give you three things just to ponder that hopefully make it easier for you to embrace a, a life that really is tailored around the divine rhythm God created you for. Here's the first reason I think you should. Because he did. Because God did. Let me talk to the parents for a minute and just remind us all, the laziest way of parenting involves a particular phrase. Does anybody know what that phrase is? Do as I say, not as I do. Okay, this is like the ultimate power play. All right, and it creates incredible confusion for our children to say, I know the right thing to do, but I don't want to do it, but I want you to do it. Okay, help me understand this. Like if you have future attorneys for, as children, like I do, my oldest son is like an attorney. If, if I tried to pull that do as I say, not as I do, I, I would lose that battle. Okay. Here's what's awesome about God. God doesn't just look in your direction and say, do this every seven days. He actually established it by doing it. Let me show it to you. Exodus 20 verse 11. For in six days, the Lord made the heavens, the earth, the sea, and everything in them. But on the seventh day, he rested. That is why the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and set it apart as holy. The Sabbath is special because God established it by doing it. He did it. He doesn't just look at you and say, do as I say now, not as I do. 
Remember what Ephesians chapter five, verse one says, be ye imitators of God. Okay, how can I imitate God if I do things in the opposite way he does them? He did this. As a follower of Jesus Christ, I am called to be an imitator of God. Okay, let's go back to kind of, this is like post-Easter message a little bit. Because we talked about maybe God isn't who you thought he was for many people. And we had some incredible responses by people who gave their lives to Christ last week. <laughs> Let me just say, can, can we all just agree that it's a pretty amazing thing that our God is not a slave driver? That one day a week, he goes, Preston, I want you to stop your ordinary work. Just like I did. I want you to Relax. Preston, you're too high strung. You need to slow down and stop. That's not honoring me. Six days, you can honor me with that. You creep it into the seventh day, you're out of control. This is not good for you. You're outside of the boundaries of the rhythm I created for you. Here's the second reason I think you should keep the Sabbath, because it's romantic. I get when I use this word in, in regards to relationship with God, some people get wonky. And it's so sad. Because most people think the word romantic is a physical thing. It's not even true. And I don't want to go too far down this path. But I, I mean, it, it, when I do premarital counseling and I talk to couples and I tell them when we get to the session on sex, sex is not just physical. It's highly emotional and highly relational. And I can prove it. Because anybody can go have sex with anybody. It doesn't make it relational. Okay, in the same way, spending a day with the God of the universe is a form of intimate fellowship. Well, think about it like this. In my relationship with my wife, how well are things going to go if we neglect date day for six straight months? It's just not going to go well. The tank is going to be too dry. Think about this. Can, can you just try and wrap your mind around how romantic it is that God looks in your direction and says, out of all the things I could have done on day seven, I established a day that was all about you and me being together. It's our day. I don't know if you know this. The Sabbath is our day. My day with him, it's us. Exodus 31 verse 12 says, the Lord then gave these instructions to Moses. Tell the people of Israel, be careful to keep my Sabbath day. For the Sabbath is a sign of the covenant between me and you from generation to generation. It is given so you may know that I am the Lord who makes you holy. Now, how is it possible that God says it's my day, but it's also our day? In the same sentence where he says it's my day, he says, don't forget, this is a sign of the covenant between me and you. Now, some of the theologians among us are thinking, see Preston, that verse right there proves that the Sabbath is a Jewish thing. Well, I'd just like to ask you one question. Does that mean you see thou shalt not murder as purely a Jewish thing too? No, we look at that commandment as universal, do we not? Okay, furthermore, let us not forget that long before Abraham showed up, God weaved the Sabbath into the fabric of creation in week one. Letting us all know, this is not a people of Israel thing. This is a people of God thing, made in his image. 
We are image bearers of God. And he rested on the seventh day. Do you? It's an us day. Now, unfortunately, many people see the Sabbath as a religious day. This is part of why I'm saying the Sabbath is romantic. The Sabbath is not a day for, for just mere religion. There's a big difference between relationship and religion. Here's how I describe it. A religious relationship with God is all about the I can'ts and I don'ts. But an intimate relationship with God is about the I do's. I mean, just think about on, if you're married on your wedding day. Did you say I don't or I do? Did, I mean, did anybody? I mean, if you, if you said I don't, uh, it's kind of over at that point, right? And you don't say I don't, I don't, I don't. Think about this. If a young couple asks me, hey, Press, would you describe marriage for us? You've been married two decades now. Would you describe marriage for us? What if I responded by saying, well, this is how I would describe marriage. You can't sleep with other women. My wife isn't in the service. You can't get emotionally entangled with other women. You can't lust after other women. And you can't let other women buy you gifts. Like that's marriage to me. Okay, would anybody describe marriage like that? Of course not. Okay, then why do we think we have to describe our personal intimate relationship with God with a bunch of I don'ts and I can'ts? See, the Sabbath, the don'ts, and I've had so many people ask questions after the last two messages. Can, can I cook on Listen, let me help you understand something. All of the, I, somebody actually asked me, can I watch the masters today? And I, my response was, what do you think God is doing right now? <laughs> like, yeah. It's our day. He wants to watch. He's there. I'm just trying to join in. But listen, the, all the I don'ts about Sabbath are simply to make more room for the I do's. The Sabbath is a romantic day, not a merely religious day. Here's the third reason I think you should keep the Sabbath. It's his. It's not just ours. It's his. He calls it mine. Isaiah 58, 13. Keep the Sabbath day holy. Don't pursue your own interests on that day, but enjoy the Sabbath and speak of it with delight as the Lord's holy day. It's his. Honor the Sabbath in everything you do on that day and don't follow your own desires or talk idly. Okay, what does it mean that it's his? How does this change the Sabbath for me. How does it change my Sabbath with him? Well, today just so happens to be my youngest child's 14th birthday. And he's at a baseball tournament right now with his mom, and I'm stuck here with all of you. Uh, don't take offense to that, uh, but kind of. Uh, last night, since we didn't get to be together this morning for his birthday, we sat him down and we said, hey, tomorrow's your day. What do you want to do? First words out of his mouth, I want more swag for baseball. Okay, great. Great, we'll, we'll take you to Dick's and we'll get you more baseball stuff. But what else do you want to do on your day? Well, Press is pretty specific about, you know, what he doesn't want. Uh, he judges restaurants. If he's ever gotten sick after eating at your restaurant, he will never, ever eat there again. So he's, I don't want this, I don't want this. So like, okay, great. But what do you actually want? I want orange chicken from Panda Express. Okay, great. Like, I like a man, I like a woman who knows what they want. But I don't say to my son the night before his day, hey, let me tell you what we're doing tomorrow. 
We're eating at my favorite restaurant. Now I know you're allergic to it, but it's my favorite and I'm paying, so that's where we're going. And we're gonna have my favorite cake because I can't have a day of celebration without my favorite cake. Like I, I get that you hate that cake, that, but it's my favorite. Okay, I don't do that. Why? Because it's his day. Here's what that means for the Sabbath. Lord, what do you wanna do today? It's your day. What do you wanna do? Now, because some of us are still getting to know him a little bit better, and that's all of us, but some of us are, are maybe new to relationship with God. You might think if you open up that door that he's gonna give you a divine, heavenly honeydew list of things you don't wanna do. Remember, it's his day, but what does he say? It's also our day, Preston. You might be pleasantly surprised how many times I've asked the Lord, what do you wanna do today? It's your day. You might be shocked to hear how consistently I sense him saying, Preston, I just wanna stare at you while you sleep. A Preston, God doesn't talk that way. Uh, wanna bet? Psalm 139, David said, and when I awaken, you're still there standing over me. Ha <laughs> Preston, you are high strung. You need a nap, bro. And I just wanna stare at you while you sleep because I neither slumber nor sleep. I wonder if we ask the Lord, why don't you slumber? Why don't you sleep? Because I wanna be awake when you're not. I just wanna look at you. I'm so enamored with my creation. And I just love you so much. Preston, what do I wanna do today? I don't want you to go past noon without a nap. Sometimes they'll say, I want you to grab my word. I want to show you something. I want you to spend time with one of your children. Okay, stop looking in God's direction thinking he's going to tell you to do a bunch of things you don't want to do on the Sabbath. He's made space by saying, don't do your ordinary work so that we can do something extraordinary together. It's his day. How often do you ask him, what do you want to do on your day? Here's the second point. If you're going to live the holy day life, you have to work within the other six. I know this is really elementary, but it can't be so elementary because so many of us are struggling to keep our regular work within a six-day set of boundaries. If you put a marker in Exodus 16, I want you to flip over there. I'm gonna make a statement for those of us who struggle with taking a Sabbath. Uh, the only reason you work on the seventh day is if you're not stewarding the other six well enough. That's why I think one of the biggest gifts in regards to the Sabbath is that it's kind of a hard break. Where you know how when you just think every day is a day where you can get something done that you wanna get done? It's like, oh, I'll just do it tomorrow. But when you know, you have to stop by this day. It kind of makes me go, oh, I need to get that done today. I need to do this tomorrow so that by the time I hit my Sabbath day, I have space. If we're going to observe the seventh day and keep it holy, we have to change the way we see the other six. 
Exodus 16, remember, at this point in time, God was miraculously feeding the people of Israel in what manner? He was giving them manna. That was one of the things, one of the ways he was feeding them. And remember, kind of the rules on manna, which are so awesome, the, the manna would come in the morning, but it would only last 24 hours, right? Does anybody remember what would happen to the manna by the 24th hour? It would rot. It would get worms. And, and you might read that passage and go, well, God is just weird. No, 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 no. No, he was trying to teach his people every morning of your life, I want to, you to look to me as your provision. Preston, one of the worst things you can do is look to yourself as your own provider. That will kill you, son. So I'm gonna teach all of my people, not just the people of Israel in this dispensation of time. I'm gonna teach all of my people every morning of your life. I want you to look to me as your provider. So the, the manna would rot after 24 hours. Okay, so if, if you can't work on the Sabbath, which is what God told the people of Israel, you can't gather the food on the seventh day. Well, then is the Sabbath supposed to be a fast every week? No. Watch what happens, Exodus 16, 22. On the sixth day, they gathered twice as much as usual. Four quarts for each person instead of two. Then all the leaders of the community came and asked Moses for an explanation. He told them, this is what the Lord commanded. Tomorrow will be a day of complete rest. A holy Sabbath day set apart for the Lord. So baker boil as much as you want today and set aside what is left tomorrow. So they put aside some until morning, just as Moses had commanded. And in the morning, the leftover food, which on the other six days would have rotted, the leftover food was wholesome and good without maggots or odor. God sweetly and lovingly is saying, hey, I'm even gonna change the way things work on day seven, really day six, so that on day seven, it's a complete day of rest for you and me. This is how badly God wants to spend the day with you every other week. Think about this. Is it not amazing that the God of the universe looks in your direction every week and says, I never want you to be so far away from me relationally that you're more than six days away. Preston, I always want you to be so close to me, but there are gonna be times you're gonna wander. There are gonna be times you're gonna be distracted, but I'm gonna establish something that is designed to help you remember I never want you far away from me. And so the seventh day of every week, it's gonna be you and me. If you're going to observe and keep the Sabbath as holy, you're gonna to have to change the way you see the other six. Here's the third thing. If you're gonna live the holy day life, you have to protect it in your own house. You can't just expect this is magically gonna happen. This is actually the longest run in this Deuteronomy 5 passage on the Sabbath. I'll read it again. But the seventh day is a Sabbath day of rest dedicated to the Lord your God. On that day, no one in your household may do any work. Those are strong words. This includes you, your sons, your daughters, your male and female servants, your oxen, donkeys, and livestock. Okay, Preston, see, this, this is what I'm saying. This is the verse that really helps me know the Sabbath is just a Jewish thing. Because I don't have oxen. I don't have donkeys. I'm married to one, but I don't have any. Okay, don't elbow during that one, okay? That will, 
That's, we do marriage counseling here. Just hit us up, okay? Preston, I don't have oxen. I don't have donkeys. I don't have livestock. Well, let me just kind of make this a little more applicable to you and see if this hits differently. This includes you, your sons and daughters, male and female employees, your cell phone. Your cell phone takes a rest on the Sabbath. And your laptop takes a break on the Sabbath. And your social media. Preston, get behind me, Satan. Okay, let me help you understand why I think God makes sure to help us understand when we observe the Sabbath and keep it holy, no one, no thing in our home can do any work. Here's why. Because one of the things I've learned is it's difficult to rest when the people around you don't. It's tough to slow down when everybody else in your life is sprinting on your day of rest with the Lord. And so we do the best that we can to try and make our family calendar align. Every week, we don't bat a thousand, but we do our best. And here's why, because anything you let into your Sabbath, you put in competition with your creator. So if social media is a thing for you, and it's okay if it is, take a break on the Sabbath. Just think about how romantic that is. Think about how intimate that is. If, if something is a real big deal to you, on the Sabbath to say to God, hey, I would really love to take my day of rest, lay in bed all day and be on social media, but I'm not gonna do that because I'm gonna spend the day with you. What do you wanna do? And trust me, it's probably gonna be pretty rare for him to go, you know what I wanna do all day today on our day? Let's just spend the whole day on Instagram. Let's see what everybody else is doing. I don't think that's how he talks. I think he looks at us and says, hey, everyone else is doing something ordinary. Why don't the two of us just slip away and do something extraordinary? Just the two of us. This is our day. Don't bring them into it. I mean, this was the big reason I got off social media because I was like, hey, I kind of like this feeling. This feels special. Yeah, Preston, I want every day to feel like this with me. Think about all the other things. You just say, I'm gonna take a break today. And part of the gift I'm gonna give him is I'm just gonna stop that. There are times you might have to turn your cell phone off the entire day. It's hard to slow down when your devices are running rampant in your mind. And your texts are just coming in one after another after another and emails and all this stuff. What's wrong with looking towards the God of the universe and saying, they can wait, but you cannot. I just want to be alone with you. You have to protect it if you're going to enjoy it. Then here's the last thing. If you're going to live the holy day life, remember how it used to be. I love this part. Remember how it used to be. Verse 15 of Deuteronomy 5. Remember that you were once slaves in Egypt, but the Lord your God brought you out with his strong hand and powerful arm. That is why the Lord your God has commanded you to rest on the Sabbath day. Why? A day of rest gives you a day to realize what just happened and who made it happen. 
I love that what God is saying is he's saying to the people of Israel in this instance, okay, every seven days, I want you just to stop. And remember, they, they were on a journey. They were in the wilderness. And they had been on the run. And I love that one of the things God does with the Sabbath is he says, hey, I want you to stop for this one day. And I just want you to look back. What, what, is, is it just me? Or were some people chasing you not too long ago? I mean, you guys were freaking out. You, you thought you were gonna die. A, you thought you were stuck up against the edge of that sea. And I made a way. It looked impossible to you, but I made a way. Remember that? That was back there. And those Egyptians chasing you that had you in bondage all those years. Weren't they chasing you? Uh-huh, they were, God. Where are they now? The bottom of the sea. This is what God is doing with the Sabbath. Preston, look back at all of your enemies and look what I've done to them. See, one of the beautiful things God does with the Sabbath is he helps us look back at yesterday and all of his faithfulness so that at tomorrow when he asks us to walk by faith, we go, oh yeah, yeah, same God yesterday, same God tomorrow. He's the same forever. The God who did that back there is the God who will do even more out there. Rest is best when you're able to slow down and celebrate the faithfulness of God. This is one of my favorite things about date day with my wife. Because we'll be out at dinner or at lunch. And we just did this yesterday. We went down into Phoenix at a sandwich place we used to go to in college. It was like our special place. And we ordered the sandwiches that we always get. And our daughter was with us. She's getting ready to go off to college. And we didn't say it, but the two of us were just celebrating the last 20 years. Because we've got an 18-year-old going off to college and she's asking us these incredible questions. And, and the two of us, we're just celebrating. Hey, can I remind you that one of the things your enemy hates the most is when you celebrate. In the Sabbath, God says to his people, hey, at least one day a week, I want you looking back and I want your heart to be reminded of what I did to your enemies back there. And the enemies you may face tomorrow, don't worry about it. I'll humiliate them too because I have all power in heaven and on earth. Here's one of the things I've learned about people who don't rest. People who aren't free struggle with free time. And the picture that I felt like the Lord gave me in regards to this was someone who was running every day. And I mean, just frantic. It's just, sorry, camera person. I just, it's just frantic. They're, they're just everywhere. And they don't sit down. They're just, they're just all over, you know. And they feel like someone is chasing them. And maybe it's depression. They're so afraid to stop because they've convinced themselves that if I stop for a day, I make it easy for what's chasing me to catch up to me. Let me just ask you a question. Is that how God talks? Do you honestly think that the God of the universe looks in your direction? And I know for a fact there's some people watching online and in this room who feel chased right now. Do you really think that the God of the universe 
established a seventh day of rest simply so your enemies could catch up to you? Listen to me. If you're running because you've convinced yourself, if I rest, reality will have a chance to catch up to me. I don't want to stop because I'm afraid I might be an alcoholic. And if I stop and sit, I'm going to have to embrace the truth about where I am. I'm struggling with anxiety. I'm battling depression. But no, I'm not, because as long as I'm busy, I'm just tired. Okay, there are two different people I believe the Lord wanted to speak to this weekend, specifically. One is the person who would hear this message and go, I have not been doing well in this area of my life. I have moved into the seventh day and called it mine. And I need to repent and I need to change today because I am not living in alignment with the, the way and ways of God. So repent, make a change today. But the second person is the person who feels they're being chased and you're exhausted because you've been running and running and running. But you need to hear what I believe the Lord's saying to you. Today is the day you stop. And you remind yourself of the enemies God has drowned in your past. I believe today the Lord wants to free some of us from some chains that bind that have kept us from resting. And so we're gonna do two things as a part of our worship before we finish today. Repent and rest and let God deal with whatever is chasing. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. So let's do it. Let's do some work in the presence of the Lord. We don't, we don't just come here to listen. We come here to grow. We come here to respond. We come here to obey. And if you're here today, you don't need to beat yourself up. There's some really great things that come with your work ethic. You're a savage. But you and I both know that savageness can go a little too far every once in a while. Sometimes exhaustion is God's way of reminding us we're not living in accordance with his rhythm. And if you're here in this room or watching online and you'd say, I've not been doing well in this area and I need to make a change today, I need to repent. With every head bowed, every eye closed, would you just lift up your hand high? Just before the Lord. Yeah, a ton of us. Anybody else? You can put your hands down. Anybody else? If you raised your hand, just begin to repent. Just relationally go to him. You don't need to go, go to him with your head down, ashamed and embarrassed. He wired you to get after it. It just went a little too far. wants to prove some things to you in this next season. 
but you're not your savior. He is. Let him be. He can do things in your soul on that seventh day that you can't do an entire year. Give it back to him. He just took his day. Just give it back. And not as a gift. Just return it. It's his. And hear what he's saying. Yes, this is my day. It's not your day. But it is our day. God, we're sorry. I'm sorry going too far. You are not asking me. You are not asking us to kill ourselves trying to do more. You want us just to hold you by the hand and see what we can do together. God, I'm sorry I ever thought I could do more with seven days than you could do with six. Sabbath is yours. Lord, I pray in this moment that there'd be a restoring of relationship. Oh, Lord, I, I just pray that they can hear how aggressively you are chasing after their heart right now. As though you go through the other six days going... Is it the Sabbath yet? Is it the Sabbath yet? Is it our day yet? Like, that's great. That's fine. This is a great day. But is it the Sabbath yet? Is it our day yet? God, I can't even wrap my mind around the fact that you would ever talk about me like that. That you would ever look in our direction and say, I just want to spend the whole day with you. God, would you restore our innocence? Let us sweetly and innocently see your day as you desirest. The second person is the person who would say, I'm being chased and I'm exhausted from running. I believe some lies along the way. I'm just fed up with this. I'm ready to stop running. If that's you, no matter what it is, with every head bowed, every eye closed, I just want you to put your hand up and put it up high before the Lord. Just put it up high. I'm sick of being chased. I'm done. I want today to be the last day I run from this ever again. Just put it up high. Anybody else? Okay, you can put your hands down. If you just raise your hand, I'm going to ask you to do something. I promise we're not going to embarrass you in any way but I'm going to ask you to do something that's going to take some boldness. If you just raised your hand because you're sick of being chased, I want you to just stand up in the presence of the Lord right now. Just stand up. Don't wait. Don't wait to see anybody else. You just stand. Let the Lord know how sick you are of running from this. How quickly you stand up. Just stand. And if you didn't raise your hand, but you wanted to, just stand. I'm sick of being chased. Maybe fear. 
has been chasing you like never before since the beginning of COVID. Just stand up. Anybody else? Yeah. Okay, with every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're standing, I want you to remain that way. If you're seated, I want you to sweetly and respectfully open your eyes. And I want you to find someone closest to you who's standing. And if they're close, I want you to reach out. Just put your hand on their shoulder, on their arm. But if they're too far, I want you just to extend your hands towards them. And I want us to begin. I want you to remember, if you're seated, I want you to remember what it was like to be chased. Because we've all been chased. It's scary, it's exhausting, it's annoying. And the family of God should be annoyed when someone in the family is being picked on and chased like this. So I want us to begin to pray out loud. If you're seated, begin to pray out loud over that person closest to you. You don't need to know what's chasing them. You just need to pray in the name and authority of our Lord Jesus Christ. Just begin to pray. Pray. Just begin to pray over him. Lift him up. Lift them up. Encourage. Put courage into. God, thank you for having all power in heaven and on earth. (laughs) Thank you for being someone who loves to drown our enemies. Lord, I pray you would drown every enemy that is chasing every person standing in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray for a moment just like the people of Israel had at the edge of the water that day. On one side, they didn't know how God was going to make a way. And on the other side, they didn't know how God was going to take care of their enemies. But somewhere in the middle of those two shores, God did what only he could do. Now, Lord, I pray you do that for them right now. Make a way where there seems to be no way. God, I break off every generational curse in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. God, I pray you'd silence that voice that says you're going to be like this because your mother was always like this. That's not how God talks. God, would you silence the enemy? I pray, Lord, that you would snap the neck of fear. I pray that you would take the spirit of depression and put it to sleep for good in their lives. I pray you would take anxiety, kick it out of their lives, and replace it with rest and peace running rampant in every room of their heart and home. God, whatever's chasing them, let today be a new day. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. God, may we all walk freely in the freedom you have given us. I just speak that over every person standing. Rest, peace, strength. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us today. For more information about Gateway Church, please visit us at gatewaylife.com. Have a great week.